Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center. Family owned and operated. A no pressure laid back atmosphere and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Bennett takes the snap, retreats, takes a knee, and that's it. Liberty's come in, ruined homecoming. Hugh Freeze makes his way across the field. He's got a little more pep in his step than Sam Pittman does, to be real honest, and why not? Liberty wins it, 21-19. Our final score, the Razorbacks drop to 5-4. and four. What the heck was that? It's a question I think I asked myself a hundred times on Saturday following Arkansas's 21-19 inexcusable loss to Liberty at home. Now, I wouldn't necessarily call us a caller-driven show, but I think today is going to be an exception to that rule. 877-377-6963 is our number this morning. Phone lines are going to be open from now till the end of the show. And, Tommy, I'm assuming we're going to have some hot takes here on Hot Take Monday. Yeah, and Hot Take Monday always brought to you by Wheels RV, five miles west of Exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. The best brands, the best prices. I know a lot of you are thinking about Deer Camp this weekend. Is that drafty, leaky old trailer from last year going to work? Get you a brand-new RV from Wheels RV, five miles west of Exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. Seek explore discover with wheels rv there's a lot to unpack from that loss to an independent group of five team and it's not even a group of five because they are independent and again we'll probably use today and tomorrow to get into all of that and there's a lot of different angles that we're going to be taking this morning where do we need to start when it comes to this loss on saturday i think it's pretty simple i mean i think pretty straightforward and that's the offensive line i mean you said, what was that? I mean, that was the most surprising thing. Now, I think there's plenty of stuff with KJ and, you know, how healthy was he coming into this game? How much did he practice during the week? But that's where you lean on your offensive line. That's where the offensive line says, all right, we got this. Just give it to old number five, and we'll make sure we can move the football and not punt it six times. I mean, that that's what, to me, that's where you begin with what broke down in this game. Well, you know, offensive line got whipped. And that's the last thing we thought would happen in a game like this. You look at the weights and of the, the defensive line for Liberty versus Arkansas's, you know, previously Joe Moore contending offensive line, you know, for a offensive line of the year, if you will. And they just got beat with the speed. And it was like 
it was like the the front line and their edge players were just all over them before they knew what could happen at the snap of the ball. And that was the most surprising, shocking element of this is how how badly they got whipped for three and a half, three and three quarters of this game. And then finally the offense wakes up, but it's too little too late and you're out of time. 14 tackles for loss that you allowed in this football Ridiculous. game. 14 double digits for as Tommy just alluded to what is assumed to be a Joe Moore award contending offensive line. And Coach Pittman, if he's going to hang his hat on anything, it's that offensive line. And I don't know if that's on him to go over and basically take over Cody Kennedy's role for a sec. We see certain head coaches, they'll just shove the assistant. I'm not actually talking about it's the proverbial shove of the assistant aside and say, hey, this is what needs to be done, blah, 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 blah. But you're in a situation down two points at the end of the ball game. Everyone know what's going to happen. KJ's going to run it straight forward, and your offensive line can't get a push against Liberty? Guys, Bo Limmer, Dalton Wagner, Ricky Stromberg, the rest of the guys on the offensive line, Luke Jones, you've gotta, got to get that two or three yards, two and a half yards, whatever it is. I mean, that has to happen. You in the situation where KJ's not 100% healthy, and you could tell, I don't know what it is, if it's the shoulder, if it's whatever, you could tell he wasn't himself. They were out of rhythm. The chemistry wasn't there. But again, that needs to go on the onus of the offensive line, especially at the end of the tail end of the ball game. They have to know we've got to get room for K. And it just it didn't happen. You got stoned by Liberty at the end of the game at home. You're not in Lynchburg. You're in Fayetteville, Arkansas. I mean, I don't think this was a case of Arkansas didn't take Liberty serious. They were overlooking, but they sure played lackadaisical for the the vast majority of this game. And it was as though, you know, their leader was off, KJ. You know, for, for you know, report, some reports out he didn't take much of the snap. And you listen to what Coach had to say after the game. And I, I think you're, you're on the money maybe with something that shoulder and what happened in the Auburn game. Um that that's again. That's where the rest of the team has to respond. Matt Landers had a great game, I thought, uh, and the opportunities he got six catches and was a difference maker. I wish he had been out of the way, maybe a little more on the replay at the end. Maybe that looks a little different. We'll dive into that a little bit later on. But you know, the bottom line is you didn't show up. And the 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 other bottom, you know, you said where do you begin? You'd have told me. I'd be a broke man this morning if you'd have told me Arkansas was only going to allow twenty one points to Liberty. I'd have bet it all. I'd have bet it all. Because 21 was enough. And I know how it started out, and they they scored a fast 21. But that defense, say what you want about Barry Odom and this defense, and at points it's been frustrating. They made the adjustments, did what they had to do, and shut them down in the second half, clearly. I mean, you just look at the scoreboard. So 21 by this defense was more than enough for this team to win this football game. Yeah, in today's college football, you take that every yeah, single I'd have, I'd have bet it all. week. And for the offense not to come up big enough in the second half was a major, major Mm-mm-mm. disappointment. How about Quincy McAdoo? I mean, you had all of Clarendon that was out there watching this kid play, and my goodness, did he put up a show. He has a punt block, he has a pass breakup, and he has an interception. This is a true freshman that is coming in, and without him, 
That game's not even close. He's the one that made the two pivotal plays that kept you in the ball game. So I want to give him, I know there's a lot of negatives that we'll have to get into this morning, but I want to give him a special shout-out because he came to play on Saturday, which some of the other guys did. All right, you want to grab a quick phone call? Hot take Monday? Miss Lisa's already phoned in. Miss Lisa, you were at the game. What would you see? Well, I'll tell you what I saw, and thank you for taking my call. Today's my birthday. Happy birthday. 64, the Beatles song. Uh, had great seats. What I saw was just about what you just said. Lackadaisical. Uh, my husband, who doesn't care anything about football, said, they look like they're not trying. And I said, I know it. And I even went down to the front bar of the section we were in, 227, and screamed at the team. And one of them turned around. But anyway, uh, KJ, I know it. KJ Jefferson, bless his heart, did not make it. So, People that come that call in here this morning saying the SEC office screwed us and all that, just, I mean, he did not make it. I don't know why they did that play out and why he didn't hand it off to somebody else. But you said it perfect. You got all these guys on the offensive line knowing we've got a hurt quarterback. And they can't bow up long enough for him to score. Listen, guys, I cried over it. Yes, I did. It's one of the most humiliating losses I've saw as a fan. Liberty, Jerry Falwell School. I mean, I just, and I'm not running down Jerry Falwell, but I'm just still in shock. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Chuck, you get adjusted to falling back. Yesterday, I didn't even realize that that was a thing until I woke up and my clock changed. Well, yeah. I mean, the great thing about uh, iPhones and watches and all these satellite devices we have now is it does it for you. Yeah. So, um, you know, nobody uh, nobody missed church or was early to church or, you know, that stuff doesn't happen anymore. Or if, or if it does, it's your own fault. I'll just put it that way. Other than the oven in my kitchen. Yeah, I've got to set it somehow. So, but Oh, yeah. no, I didn't say I changed all the clocks in the house. <laughs> I just said that the ones that changed yeah. automatically are the ones I'm going by for yeah. a few days. Well, Chuck, pretty simple. What'd you see and what happened on Saturday? 
Well, they just got whipped, and that was the thing that just from the get-go, I thought Liberty was more aggressive at the line of scrimmage, and um, they did some things that gave Arkansas some problems, and I'm talking about their defense against Arkansas's offense. Um, yeah, it was just a day where Arkansas did not ever really get it going. Liberty was playing the biggest game in program history. Uh, that's a tough game in November. Uh, I'm glad they're only on the schedule once, to be real honest with you, because um, you know, here in a couple of weeks, a lot of teams are going to play non-conference games, and none of them are going to be as good as Liberty. So um, I hope they're not on the schedule again anymore in November. But they played the biggest game in their program's history. And I thought Arkansas played like a team that was between SEC games. And um, Liberty won the game, and you got to give them credit. They, uh, hey, they came in, and they played hard, and they deserved to win. Liberty also looked like a team coming off a bye that had two weeks to get ready for their biggest game of the year, and they played like it. Maybe so. Maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. But I know that they uh, – they played like their hair was on fire all day. I thought defensively they were aggressive uh, from the word go. And um, I'm not one of these guys that is first to denigrate my own team. Um, I think you got to give the other guys some credit. And they came in with a great game plan. Their kids executed it. They weren't scared. You know, they weren't scared. Not for a single moment. Sometimes you see that in non-conference teams. They're a little scared when they get here, and something happens, and then they really get scared. That never happened with Liberty. I thought Liberty played with a strut in their step all day. I think what was frustrating for every fan that was in attendance, watching on television or listening on the radio, is that Sam Pittman is heralded as the offensive line guy and the guy that has had multiple, multiple draft picks. I think it's almost inarguable that was the worst position group on Saturday. I mean, they were, they were, that first half, 14 tackles for loss. You, you, well, you, not, I don't, I mean, you're not breaking any news there. I mean, I understand. That's, that's exactly what happened Saturday. Look, you're not going to be great at every spot every game. I mean, to, uh, to expect a team simply because your head coach was an offensive line coach to be great on the offensive line every game, I mean, that's, that's, that's not realistic. This is the first game they've had. Since the new regime's been here, where you walked away shaking your head and kind of wondering what happened, um, you know he was eight zero in non-conference ball games until this one. Now this is the you know one of the better non-conference teams that they played, but um, you know uh, they had a bad day. They had a bad day all the way around, and that's why they lost. Yeah, I would imagine uh, <laughs> to say that that line will be challenged to respond this week against LSU might be an understatement for how the meetings will go this week. And, you know, you look at the guys that play on that offensive line. Um, we've celebrated them a lot, and rightly so. Um, you know, these are mature guys. You're not dealing with a bunch of, you know, freshmen and sophomores here who ride an emotional wave every week. Uh, these are grown, grown guys as far as college football players are concerned. And so I would expect them to, to come back and play, play much better this week. Now, LSU's better than Liberty, so you better play a better ball game than you did or you're going to get trounced so i would expect them to be challenged every day this week and i bet they accept that challenge let's hope so because when you got guys on the defensive line like ojalari and some of the other all sec all american types that they're going to have to block on saturday it's it's not going to be easy again we've gotten a bunch of texts i mean jason mountview he's just depressed this morning and i get it man I, I i didn't expect that to be as close as it was i didn't expect arkansas to lose 
But there's still a lot of football left. That's how I, I know that coaching staff is approaching it. But, I mean, what do you say to your team after that? If you lost at home well, in a game you're favored by 14 and a half in, a, again, an independent school, what do you say if you're Sam Pittman in the locker room after a game like well, that? Well, I don't know that you have to say a lot. I'm, I mean, everybody knows what happened. They experienced it. Um, I mean, what are you going to do, yell at them some more after the game, try to change the outcome? I mean, that's not going to happen. You're not going to change it. So uh, you go back to practice. Now, look, it's going to be a tough week around there. I mean, I've been in football buildings after weeks or after games like that. It's going to be a tough week. I mean, everybody's going to keep their head down. Uh, you don't speak unless you're spoken to. Uh, you do your job, and, and you kind of hope in the back of your mind nobody walks in the room and starts, you know, <laughs> giving you the business because uh, there's a chance that might happen. And uh, you get through this week, and you try to find a way to win a game. And, um, look, let's not act like we've not been here before. Yeah. Um, we've been here before. So, you know, you got to dig out of it, and that's the only thing you can do. You're careful when you round corners who might be around that corner hey, this week. I, and look, I, I've just been in it from a you know strictly you know an auxiliary position. I mean, not like the guys who you know have their jobs right and know what's happening every day. So, but I know what it's like. It's going to be tough for them, and nobody's going to be in a good mood. Nobody's going to be in a good mood until they win another game. Yeah. And that's just how it works. This reminds me a lot of 2015 against Toledo. You did have some pretty decent non-conference. I mean, you got to play Patrick Mahomes and then Kareem Hunt. Those were your two non-conference, Texas Tech and Toledo. And Matt Campbell was the coach there. That's well, what you it reminded me. you didn't play Toledo in November, did you? When did we play Toledo? Oh, it was a Little Rock game. I couldn't tell you when it was. I don't exactly. think it was a November game. The years run together. That that was the thing about this, that, that if you really step back now that it's over, and you look back at this from, you know, 10,000 feet. Um, this was the biggest game in the history of Liberty's program. Biggest game. Hugh Freeze said himself, I mean, I'd be hard-pressed to find a bigger win than the one we just had. Uh, this is the first time they've ever beaten an SEC school. This is a team that six years ago wasn't even an FBS. And we played them between conference games. Yeah. And so when you really look at it from an aerial view, it's not surprising that it was a close game. I do think it's surprising, and it should be surprising, that um, Arkansas got whipped at the line of scrimmage the way they did. Just to answer your question, Chuck, uh, September 12th, the second yeah. game of the year in, in Texas Tech was the week following, so both of those were September games, but back-to-back -back losses. But I, I think your comparison, other than the, the spot in the schedules, you know, is a fair one. I, I would contend also that while what you just said is 100% true and valid, Chuck, you lost to their backup. You didn't lose to Charlie Brewer. I know Bennett's been playing a decent chunk because Brewer's been injured, but it's not like Well, he's this, been the starter for six weeks. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's been there his whole career. Yeah. They fra tried to frame him as the third-string quarterback no, at one point. He's, he's not. not. I, mean, he come, I mean, Salter was the third, and then that Chandler uh, guy was the I mean, uh, uh, I mean, I understand what you're saying. But when you make statements like, well, they lost to a guy that wasn't the starter, well, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to go back and replay the game? Yeah. I mean, you can't. Um, everybody saw what happened. Everybody knows who beat them. Yeah. And, I, um, you know, you, you, you go back and you, you practice. I mean, look, for fans, the season may be over. For some fans, the season may be over. I get it. But I guarantee you this afternoon when they're on the practice field, the season's not going to be over. So that's all you can do. I mean, we can lament and we can talk about this and that, and they got beat by this group and that group, but 
Bottom line is you got three more games, and none of these teams are going to have any sympathy on anybody. Yeah. Brought to you by World of Wireless this morning. We mentioned earlier that you know deer season starts, modern gun season starts in our state this weekend. A lot of you want to watch the game this weekend and still be at camp. The Playmaker is the easy-to-use portable satellite system from World of Wireless. 877-305-DISH is the number. I don't know if they have any left for rent for this weekend. They normally have several for the weekends that you can rent for games or you know, deer camp type situations. They've got several for sale as well. So if you want the easy to use, weighs about eight pounds. All you got to do is set it out, clear line of sight. It takes care of lining everything up. You don't need internet. All you need is some power. Uh, World of Wireless has those available, ready to go. They're always a favorite this time of the year. So 877-305-DISH for WOW, World of Wireless. Chuck, this game started out where it looked like the defense was was struggling, but ended up only allowing 21 points, made the adjustments, second half, shut down Liberty. Uh, <laughs> I was telling Ty earlier, if you'd have told me Liberty's only going to score 21 in this game, guaranteed lock it in, I'd be a broke man this morning. I'd have bet it all that Arkansas would have won the to. game. I, I'd have bet it all. Well, and you know, frankly, in the modern college football era, if you hold somebody to 21 points, you expect to win. Um, and most of the time you do, you know, unless you're playing a top 10 team. Uh, most of the time, if you hold the opposition to 21 and they don't score in the second half, you win the game. And, um, you know, again, that goes back to Liberty's defense. I mean, they, uh, uh, you know, Arkansas didn't score a touchdown in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, uh, um, again, um, it's real easy to denigrate your own team and your own coaches. And I understand all that. Yeah. But uh, Liberty came in, played a great game. I thought Arkansas played, made the adjustments and played well defensively. And I think defensively they, they were good in the second half. I think they defensively they were good. Yeah, yeah. I mean they were good in the second half. They lost the game though. I mean, and and you know that's the bottom line. They lost the game. They lost a game. This was the first time since Sam Pittman's been here they lost a game that you know you went in, you were a prohibitive favorite. And I know Liberty it was a weird deal. Liberty's ranked. They're eight and one now, but yet Arkansas was a two touchdown favorite. I mean you just don't see that very often and. Um, we forget that we did lose at home to a ranked team. Statistically, that's what happened. But I know when you're a two touchdown favorite, it doesn't. That's that's not any consolation at all. You guys were talking about Liberty being the team that came in biggest game of in really the history of their program. And Coach Pitt was talking about trying to convince his team earlier this week. Hey, they have only lost one game all season to a two point conversion. Here's what he had to say about that. I kept trying to tell him about trying to get Bo eligible. You know, this team was 23rd in the AP, that Wake Forest was 17, and you know, they just didn't make a two point player. They'd be undefeated. Thought we had a pretty good practices up until Thursday. And our walkthrough, we had a couple of mistakes on Friday. I was a little bit concerned about where we were mentally. So, did that message not get across to the team? Did they not evidently understand not. that? Because it didn't, against, it didn't against Missouri State. I mean, evidently the, not. I, I mean, but see, Ty, here's the thing. We all kind of talk out of both sides of our mouth. We expect that Arkansas to roll these guys because they're Liberty. Well, why shouldn't the players expect that too? I mean, we expected. We all said it. Every single one of us said it. We expect that Arkansas to roll Liberty. So that's the natural tendency that everyone feels. And these are kids. Anyone's got kids knows you can pound them till you're blue in the face, and that doesn't mean it's going to take. Um, and you know, sometimes that happens because we always talk about you got to block out the outside noise. You got to put all of that away. Well, sometimes that has to work both ways, and it it clearly didn't. And it 
I mean, let's be honest. It looked like a team that was going through the motions for a while, and finally the offense woke up, but too little too late. Uh, it looked like a team that was a little lackadaisical. I, th- I, th- I thought Liberty wore down defensively. My, my, my feeling at, in the fourth quarter was Liberty was just kind of hanging on. You know, they had, uh, they'd, they'd, they'd given everything they had. And, um, you know, if Arkansas had made that two-point conversion, I think they'd have won the game. But yeah. they didn't, and, and, and Liberty did. And, um, you know, again, I, I, just, I just give Liberty credit. I thought they came in with a great game plan, and they whipped Arkansas at the line of scrimmage. So let's talk about that two-point conversion. And I know we'll talk about this a few times throughout the show because that's the point where everybody wants to zero in on, did he make it or did he not make it? Guys, what do we think? I, don't think I didn't he, think he made it. I didn't no. either. Uh, now, no. here's the deal with that. When you get the 3 o'clock SEC Network game, and hard Derek mentioning this, and it's the worst camera crew the ESPN offers outside of the streaming because you don't send what you typically send for ESPN on Saturday night, ESPN2 or CBS. You don't get all those angles. It is the minimum or minimal whatever. And so you're not going to have all these different angles that they can look through. The ones I saw, I thought it was short. I thought it was. Well, I, I can't hold up. Hold up. Stop traffic. All right. I thought the officials made a good call. You can right. you can keep that in, Tommy. You can keep that in for the rest of the time. That well, was it was call. obvious that they were not going to be able to overturn that. Yeah. There, there certainly wasn't going. In fact, he said the call stands. He he mm-hmm. didn't say the call was confirmed. Correct. He said the call stands. So um, Wesley Hitt, who's a great photographer, great photographer, uh, got the best picture I saw. Um, I don't know if he was right on the pylon, but he was right at it. And um, KJ's knee was down; the ball wasn't to the goal line. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wish he'd gotten in. And my first thought was he got in. I was rooting just like everybody else. But I think when you go back and you look at it, he didn't get in. It was close, but he didn't make it. I don't have a lot of pushback from what y'all said. There just wasn't the video. Now, if Matt Landers had gotten out of the way, and he—I mean, he didn't know. I mean, if, if Matt Landers didn't stand in there, maybe have a look or a frame, but. Chuck based on I just don't think he made it. I, 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 don't, I think you could have looked at a 1,000 frames from a 1,000 different angles, and he still wouldn't have been in. No, I'm not saying you'd, but you'd at least had more of a um, – uh, you'd had more of a view without Landers standing between no, the camera. No, you could have answered that, every question. You, exactly. Yes, you're right. Exactly. You could have answered every question. There. We wouldn't be talking about it uh, as though it was a possibility that would have changed the outcome. And it's one of those things. If the official comes in and he saw what he saw, he had the best angle running up the – the 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 line of scrimmage, if you will, or running up to where the uh, where he thought the play was stopped. Um, if he'd have ruled touchdown, I, there was no angle to overturn that no, either. That's so. exactly right. If he'd called it, uh, you know, if if uh, he called the two point conversion good, there would not have been video evidence to overturn it. Pure and simple. And that was one of those calls that was going to stand on the field. It was that close. Whatever they call, that was going to stand. Yeah. It was it was what you'd call a second action where. You know, KJ hits, is the knee down, not sure, but then he kind of lunges again with the, with his upper body trying to stretch to get there like players often do. I will say this. I wish some of these officials were as dedicated to spotting the football in the middle of the field as they are at the goal line. I saw some spots on Saturday that I couldn't believe, but I do think the spot at the goal line was accurate. You guys ever seen Friday Night Lights with Billy Bob Thornton, well, yeah. the movie? You yeah. remember the quarterback, Mike Winchell, at the end of the game? Everyone thinks he's in. And then the official, I felt like I was watching Friday Night Lights, <laughs> the movie on Saturday, because everyone that you saw the Razorback team started jumping and cheering. And all of a sudden, the Liberty players are running off the field in celebration because they realize they stopped KJ at the goal line. And like you yeah. said, you got to give them credit. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, the offensive line has got to get pushed there. It's what, two and a half yards? 
If you're three, it's a three, yard three yards, play. if you're if you're a Joe Moore caliber offensive line, you have to get a push. Well, let's not act like every two point conversion's good, and let's not act like that's a gimme play, and let's not act like every good team that's ever gone for two's made it. Because I mean, there are times you don't, and um, they went with the best they had, and it just. They didn't get quite enough. Came up about an inch short. I just I go back to what you just said with Liberty getting worn down in, in that situation because they were holding on for dear life at the tail end of that ball game. Arkansas was starting to get some momentum in the second half. McAdoo made a couple plays. And I, you talked about this on the pod. Was all a Clarendon there on Saturday, Chuck? There were a lot of Clarendon I mean, people there. There were. For Quincy to do what he did in that situation, I just I no. felt like they – I mean – I don't know. I just I well I I, I mean look yes Quincy McAdoo played a great game and and I mean he was the star of the game in my opinion but what Quincy McAdoo had done didn't have anything to do with that goal line play and uh, that was just um, you know that's one of those plays where regardless of what's happened for the previous however many minutes you've played comes down to that and everybody knows it and so Liberty may have been tired Liberty may have been reeling but um, they found enough to make one stop yeah. And let's be honest, the, the football gods, if they were in your corner on Saturday, the block by McAdoo doesn't carry them out. But just the way the ball hit on the ground caused it to carry them yeah. out of the back of the end zone. We've seen that play happen just as many times where the ball goes and it, it just drops dead on the ground and you could cover it and, and possibly have a touchdown there. That would have been the difference in the ball game, perhaps. So, I mean, the way you played for... 55 or 58 minutes of that game, 55, 53 minutes of that game to your offense kind of got things going. You honestly didn't deserve to get that two-point conversion based on the but based on the total play of the ball game. That That's probably the way it should have ended. Because KJ threw a pick on the next play, didn't he? Wasn't that the next play, the deep post route that the safety was just sitting there? And May have been. I think that was the next play. Now, here's a text from Britton Subiaco. He says... Everyone in Arkansas will be happier when they just come to terms that we are a basketball state. Some comedy relief this morning from Britt and Subiaco. Let's hear what JR has to say. JR's phoned us from Wesley this morning. JR, you're on the morning rush. Morning, guys. How y'all doing? Doing okay. Thank Horrible. You. We've been better. Good. Hey, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't get to watch the game. Uh, I seen some highlight reels uh, on YouTube this morning, but I. I'm really concerned about the ramifications for recruiting, uh, for the portal, for players leaving. It, it, it seems what I could tell off of that, what I've watched on the highlights, that, that it just seems like the effort wasn't there. And I see, I understand that everybody says, well, that, that's a game that should not have been here right in the middle in between SEC schools. But it's hard for me to understand as someone who, you know, has a, a small business and has to get get up and go to work every morning because you got bills to pay, you got everything else to pay, how you can't get a kid motivated that's getting education or whatever, NIL money, to go out there and give your 100% every game. I don't understand it. The, the offensive line, just they didn't fall through on their blocks. They weren't pushing. And KJ, he, he looked sick. I don't know. I, you know, you can read every, anything and you can hear anything. But, I mean, at, at some point of the time, you know, where does that? Where do you step, pull him out and put somebody else in there just to give a change of pace? Because it looked like to me that that might have been something that you know should have been considered. Of course, it's Monday morning quarterbacking, but the effort just wasn't there. And I'm I'm concerned about the next three games, even though two of them are home games. What do you guys see? What's going to happen? 
JR, appreciate the call. So to your point about the quarterback situation, Coach Pittman said after the game that he asked Co- or Coach Bryles about possibly putting in Malik Hornsby or Cade Forden. And he said KJ, and he replied, KJ is our guy. So that was asked, that was addressed. To your point about the next three games, LSU's coming in as the hottest team in college football right now. Now they're going to get, as Chuck said on the podcast, told all week how great they are, so maybe you can play to that. Ole Miss is a quality football team you'll play in a week and a half. I think Missouri's a better team than you thought initially when you have to go to Columbia to, to book in your season at the end of the year. Well, I mean, you got three tough ones left, and you can win all of them, you can lose all of them. I mean, that's just... And they're, they're kind of at the point right now where these last three weeks could go either way. When you lose a game like that, it's, it's understandable that people would wonder how the final three games are going to go. I mean, I wonder. I think everybody does. It's only natural that you do. Now, let me say this about the quarterback, guys. I don't know how much time we got here. I'll be quick. Everyone talks about, you know, we spent the whole last week on this show talking about how great K.J. was. All three of us did. And the minute the guy struggles, everybody wants him to be pulled out of the ball game because the most popular guy on campus is always the backup quarterback. KJ's our best chance to win, pure and simple. It's our best chance to win at quarterback. KJ, not 100%, is still our best chance to win at that position. I have a hard time arguing that. And uh, if the game had been 65 minutes and it wasn't, I think Arkansas wins. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Talked a lot of Arkansas Liberty at this point. Haven't really touched on the SEC games yet this weekend. So our Morning Rush daily question, what stood out in these conference games on Saturday. I was a little disappointed in the Georgia-Tennessee game because I thought Georgia just physically whipped and I'll give Stetson Bennett credit. He was on fire. Bennett loads it. Fires to the end zone. McConkey touchdown. One play. Six more points for Georgia. Guys, Tennessee didn't score a touchdown to the fourth. It's like under four minutes to go. That's the best offensive team in college football and Georgia's defense had them all game. And you well, are. I think my takeaway from the conference was Georgia's still the baddest guy on the block, mm-hmm. pure and simple. They may have been bored. They may, you know, they may have been bored a time or two this year, but uh, they're still the team to beat. My takeaway was LSU. I mean, they did uh, they did what many thought they couldn't, and that was that was beat Alabama at home. And I, th- you know, is is the shine come off Bama? You know, someone said that. Uh, you know, one of the one of the big national voices said, you know. The beginning of the end is is now with with Saban, something to that effect. I don't know if that's that's true, but certainly this isn't a Saban esque team with a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback the way they perform this year. LSU's the best job in college football. It is the best job in college football. When your last three head coaches have gone on to win national championships and year one you can beat Alabama, 
it's the best job in college football over Georgia, over Bama, over Ohio State. It is the best job in college football. You know, you can make that case. I don't know if I'd go that far, but you can make that case. Um, Louisiana has a lot of good players now. I mean, they got a lot of good players down there. Brian Kelly's a good coach. Um, there are some cracks in Alabama. Um, I do think that we are uh, we are nearing the end. Now, I'm not saying they're not going to be good. I'm not saying they're going to go in the tank. I, you know, this, this isn't going to be Mike Shula and Mike Dubose. It's not going to be like that. But... Um, even the legends, guys, even the legends run out of steam at the end. And I still think Saban's the best coach in the country. I think he's the best coach in the history of college football. But nothing lasts forever. And um, I think we are nearing that point. And that's one of the reasons that um, I think what Auburn does with their coach is critical. Um, I think what we saw Georgia do to Tennessee Saturday kind of drives the point home. This is Georgia's league now. Georgia's league. And uh, if, 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 if they were on our side, if they were in our division, uh, we'd say that more readily than we do. But it's their conference now. I'd argue. Well, that, that does not set well in Tuscaloosa what you just said. I, well, it's true. I, I it's know, true. but it doesn't set and well. And they know it. They know it. They know it. And, uh, uh, it, hey, it doesn't mean Alabama's not great. I'm not saying that. It doesn't mean Alabama's not a great team, and it doesn't mean what LSU did Saturday night is demeaned in any way, shape, or form. Georgia's just the best team, best program in our league right now. I'd argue that this is Nick Saban's best quarterback over Mac Jones, over Tua, over Jalen Hurts, over McElroy, over McCarron, and this is the one guy that's not going to win a national championship as the starter. He was on the team when they won a couple years back, but this is the quarterback team game. that is talented. The ultimate team game. They don't have any wide receivers. We're, we've, gotten so team we've gotten so you, used to Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, Ruggs, all these guys on the outside the last five years that you just can't stop. They don't have that guy this year. And that was the question mark of this team all season long. Does Bama have anyone that Bryce can throw the ball to? Because you lost Jamison Williams, you lost John Mechie, you lost Slade Bolden. They don't have anyone to throw the ball to. They don't have an All-American on the outside like they've had the last five years. That is the biggest issue that the Crimson Tide have on their team this year. Yeah. You got time for one more takeaway from the weekend? Far away. I know they lost in overtime, but how about Auburn and the way they took Mississippi State to the wire and you know showed some pulse, showed a little life, you know, after losing their coach this past weekend? Yeah, I, I was reminded of you know when we lost to the Citadel way back when, and fired Jack Crow. Joe Kynes was the head coach and went out to South Carolina, beat them forty-five to seven, and then kind of reverted back to form after that. I, I don't suspect Auburn's going to uh, have a lot of success down the stretch, but. They played for themselves. They played for Cadillac. They played for their school. Um, they did what you would expect a team to do um, that first game back. Now I'm going to be interested to see what happens after this. But um, uh, they gave great effort, no doubt about it. That was not a great football game, but they gave great effort. They should beat Western Kentucky. They got A&M this week. But, boy, what would we pay to see them upset Alabama in the Iron Bowl? Everything oh, else awesome. that went on, wouldn't that be an awesome story to tell and an awesome watch? But I – I don't believe that's uh, that's where we're headed for the final week of the season. All right, that's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Professional people, professional service. Schedule your service appointment today at gopascal.com. 
Our, our number is 877-377-6963. Again, our number that you can call or text in this morning. So I think what was frustrating for a lot of fans on Saturday is you have not played in Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium in over a month. It's homecoming. You've got former students of the U of A that are back. You've got former players that are back in town. And that was the performance that you gave on Saturday against a team where fair foul is recognized by our fan base as beneath you. You lost to a team that is considered beneath you on Saturday. Well, I think I'd say it's the first time Sam Pittman's lost a game that you'd say as a game he's supposed to win. I mean, he'd been 8-0 to that point in non-conference games, hadn't had an embarrassing loss like we've seen under Chad Morris. I don't think this was an embarrassing loss by any stretch, but I think most people would say, so why is it this, not this a, a game you, sh- you should win? Go ahead, Ty. Why is it not embarrassing well, loss? It's a ranked I mean, team, number one, coming into your, your team. And I think we all saw how talented and, and, and the quality of the Liberty team. This, this was not North Texas. This was not directional tech. Um, Liberty's on a different level than what some of the, the what I think were the massively embarrassing losses in the Chad Morris. So what era. if they don't have that number next to their name in an AP poll that you've widely said doesn't matter? Well, with the schedule they have, um, the teams that Liberty's play this year, I'm not going to denigrate Liberty like you are. I, I, I'm not going to do that. I I, th- I think I think Liberty came in and played a great game. I'm I'm not going to be one of these guys that says Liberty's a nobody and we should have showed up and beat them. I mean, I, I think that's disrespectful yeah. to a team that played a great game. I think part of the deal with fans, I think part of the frustration is, you've already said Western Kentucky and North Texas. I think those memories are fresh. Um, I think there's the sense when you lose a game like this of, oh, no, here we go again. Uh, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to lose to the Western Kentuckys and the North Texases. And you're right, Ty. Right or wrong, people do lump liberty into that group. Shouldn't, but they do. Um, And I get it. I I mean, these are the games that you're supposed to win. I've always maintained the, 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 the games that make everybody mad, the games that put you on the hot seat are not the games that the big games. It's the games you're supposed to win, and you don't. Um, I don't know, and we've talked about this. I don't know that I've ever seen. I don't know that I ever will see again. A ranked team be a two-touchdown underdog to an unranked team. Um, but it was, and so when you're a two-touchdown favorite, everybody expects you to win, and I get that part. And you're the SEC team, and I know that Liberty had a great game plan going in, and I don't want to get too nitty-gritty with some of the stuff they were doing on the defensive line, but that's where Arkansas fans were the most irritated by is the unit that you thought you had the most strength in. on it, Probably the most counted on unit on the team all season long is who you have up front. That was Those were the five guys that struggled the most in this football game. Well, I mean, you said that a couple of times, and you're right. I, I, I mean, but, but, but I mean... I mean, what do you do? You can't go back and play the game. I, I, I mean, you got to get better this week and do what you can against LSU. I, I mean, you're right. They 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 whipped them at the line of scrimmage. I just I don't I don't know why it took three quarters to adjust. I mean, it, they didn't do anything offensively. Well, what adjustments would you have made? I, I, I mean, I, I'm not getting. What paid, are you saying? I'm not getting paid five million. It's it's not it's not on me. It's the onus doesn't fall upon me to make the adjustments. It's on Sam Pittman and Cody Kennedy. And it, I get that. I get that. But. You know, everybody watched the game and knows Arkansas's offensive line got whipped. I, I mean, that's exactly what happened. You're exactly right. Um, and 
You know, I don't know what else to say to that. I mean, it's been brought up ad nauseum, and it's true. In in that situation, and I know we're talking about switching up the quarterback with Malik Hornsby and Brian, I mean, you don't sub an offensive lineman in that situation, right? You don't try and throw in Ty Keese or I don't even know who the seventh guy on that list would be. I mean, it, it took three quarters. I mean, you literally did not do any offensively. So what was the problem? What, what was the problem they were having? Well, it was the variety of things that Liberty was doing up front, stunts and twists. And again, this I'm not a defensive lineman. I'm not a D-line coach. I can't do that 100%. But it just didn't feel like they needed. Well, I thought it was the speed. Made. I see. I, to me, it was the speed which Liberty was attacking you with, and they outnumbered you. But Chuck, to me, that the, the quickness was what was under undervalued. They, were they quick. couldn't get they to. They did a lot of moving. Arkansas's played nine games this year. The offensive lines played one really bad one. You know, that's 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 basically what happened. I mean, uh, this is the first game they've had against a team that everyone expected to beat, where the offensive line didn't play well. I mean, look. All of us had the same thought that Arkansas would go out with their offensive line. They would win the game. They'd wear them down, and in the fourth quarter, they'd, they'd, they'd open it up. And it didn't happen. Um, they got behind the eight ball in the first half. I mean, all the lost yardage plays just killed them. And, um, uh, but, you know, again, they played nine games, and the offensive line had a really bad game once. And it cost them – I won't say it cost them the game, but it sure had a big uh, had a big role in the outcome. I do know that. We've got a full call list. Again, our number, 877-377-6963. Eddie in Clarksville up first. Go ahead, Eddie. Good morning, gentlemen. Certainly was a disappointing outcome Saturday in Fayetteville in the Hawthorne. Let me say this, 70,000 fans. Uh, Coach Pittman, sir, you're the head coach of this program. You know what I would have done? I'd have walked in after all the fans had left the stadium. I'd got the players back out on the field, and I'd put the stadium lights on. And listen here. Here's where you, you just hit it. We got physically beat in the trenches. Let me say this. Listen to these stats. Four sacks on K.J. Jefferson. 14 tackles behind the line for losses. Uh, it seems like every play for three quarters, they were in the backfield before we got the ball. Yep. Uh, that's unacceptable. Let me say this. Uh, we've seen this before. Uh, you're the head coach of this program, Coach Pittman, and certainly fans want to look to you. But let me say this. You've got to start lighting the fire at some of your coaching staff. I want to ask this, uh, gentlemen. I know it's disappointing. You want to point fingers. What I don't understand and I kind of been on, uh, listen here, Coach Bryles all season long. To me, this is two games we lost with up the middle with K.J. Jefferson. Is there any place, sir, in your arsenal that you can do besides up the middle? One, you can turn the ball over. Look at what happened Saturday down there in Baton Rouge. Did they go up the middle against Alabama? They called a safe play. They rolled out, and then, they, you know, either he'll keep the ball or he's going to throw to his tight end or whoever. That young man, and they beat him. And so, I don't know. If you're going to go up the middle, give it to your running back. If KJ's beat up, why would you want to get him hit again? I mean, come on now. Anyway, appreciate the call this morning. I have no doubt that Coach Pittman lit into his coaching staff and his team at halftime. It was the, I think Trey asked him about Fryer and Brimstone. Definitely used that. And the other thing was, if you watched in the first half and the first quarter, he was yelling at Bryles on the sidelines. I can't tell you there the discussion of what was going on, but it was not a friendly discussion. So that's 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 happening. 
Yeah, well, guys, coaches yell at each other every game. Coaches yell at each other when they're up 30 to nothing. I mean, uh, you know, it's an intense atmosphere. Guys yell. I mean, head coaches yell, assistants yell, players yell. I mean, especially when things aren't going the way you want them to go. I mean, yelling's part of it. I wouldn't read a whole lot into that. Guys, let me tell you this. I just checked the weather. It's going to be another one of those weeks where your thermostat gets a workout. And I want to encourage you, as the weather changes, make sure your heating and cooling system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal. Get a seasonal tune-up. You're also going to get discounted services. You're going to get priority scheduling. This is the time of year to do that. And when it comes to your home service needs, the pros at Pascal Air, Plumbing, and Electric have been serving Arkansas homeowners for more than 50 years. A lot's changed over that time, but Pascal's always been the trusted choice for your home's air, plumbing, and electric needs. They're expanding all over Arkansas now. These are the true pros. My friend Charlie Boyce, lots of former Razorbacks are out there on their staff. They know what they're doing. They're Arkansas-owned. They're Arkansas-operated. Call or schedule online today. You can go to Pascal.com. Brent Stuttgart, you're up next. Go ahead, man. Well, guys, Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, I'm just going to tell you, I've never, I've never, been, I've never been. Uh, of course, I wasn't living in Arkansas in 1992 when they uh, or three when they played Citadel. But I just want to tell you, this this coaching staff was out coached by Hugh Freeze and the Flames. Saturday. I want to tell you this also, Coach Sam Pittman. You are the head football coach. When you, you if you can, if you put the onus on your offensive coordinator to ask him to make to make the decision, should we be playing KJ or do we need to make a change? We pay you five million dollars a year to veto whatever Kendall Brown says. And if you can't handle making that big decision, we can find you an offensive line job, the best in the country. Well, Brent, hold on. Hold on just a sec. I I had no issue with what he said in the postgame when he asked KJ. I mean, that's the offensive coordinator. He trusts him. When when he brought that up, because I think a lot of people were wondering, well, they didn't even look at Malik. Well, they did. And his offensive coordinator, who he trusts to run that offense, whether that's right or not, I didn't have an issue with his post-game answer at all. And I had a lot of issues what happened on Saturday. I didn't have an issue with that answer at all. I'm, I'm with, I mean, why would you not ask Kendall Browse? But in the end, uh, he is the head coach. I think Brent's point is the onus is still on you. It's like, well, Chuck said it earlier. I mean, I mean he, it's, not like, it's not like Sam Pippen hadn't been in practice all week. It's not like he's not dialed into what's going on either. Well, you talk about lots of possibilities during a game. I mean, you know, that's what coaches do. There's, uh, We talk about players communicating. Well, coaches communicate too. I'm sure it did come up. He said it came up. Um, I'm also sure their best chance to win is with K.J. Jefferson, a quarterback. No I'm 100% certain of that. No question. And, um, you know, if you're trying to win the ball game, you better put the guy back there that gives you the best chance to win. I'm not knocking Malik. I like Malik. I think he's a good player. But um, K.J. Jefferson is the starting quarterback. It's his team. And um, you dance with who brung you. Next caller, DH in Atlanta. Go ahead, DH. Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, as an Arkansas graduate, you know, I love the program, and I've watched this program over the years, and, and clearly 
uh, since Chad Morris was fired and uh, Coach Pittman was hired, the program, I think, is heading in the right direction. But I think several of the callers this morning really make important points. Number one, you have a head football coach who is an offensive line guru, yet on Saturday the most undisciplined part of your team was the offensive line, motion penalties. I mean, this is a veteran offensive line. I mean, we speak about this every week. This is a veteran offensive line. They should be able to handle twists and stunts from any program, let alone Liberty. So I think as fans, we have expectations, which I think are great, and we need to have high expectations of our program. And we don't need to lower our standards. Saturday is a game that you don't lose, period. You don't lose. And it's not because it's Liberty. It's because you're University of Arkansas playing in the Southeastern Conference. You're at home. You're playing during homecoming. And this is a team that you are a two-touchdown uh, two favorite to win the game. You always – go ahead, Chuck. Well, the only thing I'm going to take issue with there is and, – and, and people have said it before – is that you've got an offensive line head coach and the offensive line supposed to be the strength of your team – Guys, Nick Saban's a defensive coach, and they gave up 32 points to LSU, and LSU scored a two-point conversion at a critical moment, and that doesn't make Nick Saban a bad defensive coach. Um, there are going to be times when you don't make the plays. There are going to be games you play that are bad. Doesn't make it doesn't mean Arkansas's. Um, you know, there was uh, uh, you know Sam Pittman's any less of an offensive line coach, or Cody Kennedy's any less of an offensive line coach. I mean. Um, just because your head – I mean, every head coach has a position that he came from. You know, every head coach does. There's not a head coach out there that wasn't a position coach first. And so, you know, we tend to think, well, you know, that's his area of expertise. They should never have a bad game. Well, you're going to have a bad game at every spot every once in a while. And they picked a bad time to have one against, uh, you know, with the offensive line. Bad. It was a bad day to have a bad day. Because uh, Liberty came in and they, I mean, they played great all day long. If we if we probably really analyze the tape and you ask Sam Pittman, you got an honest answer. They've had other bad games; they just happen to win those games. Maybe so. so. It just Maybe so. Have, you know, I think, it's, uh, I that's, think that's probably a fair take as well. JD and Benville, go ahead, man. Yeah, I was just going to comment on the. I, I mean, I'm a season ticket holder. I'm on roll forty. I'm about the forty-two yard line, and uh, they did not respond. And uh, I agree that KJ healthy is by far, our, our, he's our stud quarterback, but he, he is not healthy. And then, you know, I've heard that he got a cortisone shot Thursday in his shoulder. And uh, I played college football, and I know I've had a few cortisone shots in my life. And uh, uh, he was not right. He wasn't throwing the ball right. He wasn't his normal running speed. And a lot of the times when he handed off, I think it's because he's hurt. He just didn't want to run and take the punishment until it was absolutely necessary. But much respect to KJ. He, he absolutely is a warrior, but. Uh, I feel like Malik might have ran for 150 yards in the first half because when I got home, I watched the replay just to see if what I saw was, was right. And, yes, there was all kinds of running room for the quarterback. Yeah, J.D. So, uh, and also, and also, though, I was just going to, before I get off, it's going to be like, you know, I listen to you guys preach the Jimmys and the Joes <laughs> over and over and over. And uh, there's obviously the Jimmys and Joes didn't decide the game today. I would love to have their defensive coordinator – he brings something, blitzing, twisting. Uh, I'd love to play defensive line for that guy, but uh, I'll hang up and listen. J.D., appreciate it. Yeah, K.J., if you watch that first half, he didn't pull the ball. And there were several times where the re, the defensive end or linebacker crashed down, and 
KJ just let Rocket yeah. have it. A lot of those, and everyone wants to blame the offense line, which they don't. I mean, they don't deserve a lot of credit after Saturday's performance. But some of those sacks, KJ just sat in the pocket for ten minutes, and then some of those negative yardage plays that were running, he just handed the ball off to Rocket or AJ when he should have pulled it. Gone. That's due to him not. Well, being healthy. When the, you had as many guys in the backfield as they did. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered. Some of those plays, it wouldn't have mattered if he'd kept it or handed it off. That was going to be a lost yardage play. I mean, when you live in the backfield the way they did in the first half. Doesn't matter who your quarterback is, you're going to take a lot of lost yardage plays, and that's what happened. Chuck's going to be a long day for you. Basketball season begins officially tonight. Uh, also going to begin the Eric Musselman live show coming up at Sassy's. The original Red House on North College is there. Steamboat Drive. You'll do shows throughout the season at both locations. Fans can stop in and enjoy the show throughout the season. Yeah, I got a game tonight. Got the first show tomorrow night. And um, it'll be a busy week. We got a basketball game tonight, one Friday night. Yeah. Uh, the weekend's going to be good. You're going to be able to see the basketball team and the football team inside 24 hours. So it'll be a quick doubleheader. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Number one topic this morning has been about K.J. Jefferson. Here's Coach on kind of what he's dealing with. He was banged up this week, and he did practice every day. He didn't throw a whole lot this week. He did practice. I think he's sore. So we heard from Jaden Hazelwood earlier in hour number two that Malik was taking most of the reps this week. Guys, I I mean, the furthest I played was, I think, eighth grade football. Basketball goes a little farther than that. But practice was a big deal. If I wasn't practicing and then I played in the game, I was off. How much do you think that affected him on Saturday? Well, I think everybody that's hurting right now has their game affected to an extent. And uh, that's just, you know, that's just kind of how it is in November when you've got a running quarterback. He's going to take physical punishment. And uh, you're going to hit weeks where you need to rest him some in practice. You need to keep him from throwing the ball as much in practice. That's not uncommon. I mean, this is this is not uncommon. And um, happens with a lot of position players this time of year. We've heard many instances over the years of our team and other teams where 
you know, you're trying to get your best player to Saturday. And so you're certainly not going to do anything in the week that keeps you from doing that. You want him to be at his best on Saturday. And they tried to get him there, and obviously he was not at his best. He was not the only one. But, um, you know, he's he's played better games. There's no doubt about that. You know, and, and just watching the game and then going back and watching it again, and you can't really zero in on one play. It's just a feel when watching something. seemed like he was not playing with the juice, with swagger. Or whatever. You know, that, that, that next level stuff that we see from KJ every week. I, maybe you guys agree or don't agree with that, but it seemed like for the, for the longest in this game, he just didn't have that, you know, I don't know what better way to describe it. Juice, you know. KJ. Well, I think you could say that about a lot of them. I, I don't think it's just KJ. I think you could say that about a lot of them. You but look at he, what transpired in the first half. I but, mean, I think you could say that about a lot of them. But as he goes, the team goes. And when he gets a few plays going, then I think everybody starts to feel it. I, You know, I equate a lot of things to golf. I know this. I make about an eight-foot putt to save par, and, boy, I start to feel it a little bit. And I yeah. get, gain, gain a little confidence. Um, you know, and then you do it again, and you gain a little more confidence. I, I think when he finally got to running the ball and getting free, everybody gained some confidence. I don't think there's any question. I mean, he's the leader of that football team, and um, they follow his lead. And uh, you know, Matt Jones used a golf analogy too on the podcast. He said, "When I play, and I and and I'm this way, you know, you struggle to put two shots together back mm-hmm. to back, and that's just kind of how it was on Saturday. They just." Uh, until the end, they just couldn't seem to put back-to-back plays together. And normally those eight-foot putts are for bogey. But, you know, every well, now and then say. there's one for par. I'll get Trying a to avoid that, that three-putt. Exactly. We got a text in from my buddy Wes. He, every time Arkansas is playing bad, he'll start to repaint his basement. I guess that's just his thing. He said he can only repaint his basement a, summer, a uh-huh. certain number uh-huh. of times. Here's my thing. Get them fumes down there. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I didn't ask for 10 wins this year. I had them in 8-4. and four. I didn't ask for this team to contend for the SEC West title in year three. I didn't ask for a lot of maybe higher-end things that fans were expecting out of this team. You look at what they had, and I know you were excited, but I was too. But I asked you to beat Liberty. And I know this game's in November. I know it's late in the season. I know you got SEC teams. But you're the SEC program. Coach talks about Arkansas football. You didn't play Arkansas football on Saturday. Now, let me say this. I think they're going to come out against LSU, and I think they're going to play LSU tough. LSU's heard, and they're going to continue here all week. They're the best SEC West team. It's their SEC title to lose. Arkansas, for whatever reason, doesn't matter who's on that field, plays LSU tough. Do I think they're going to win on Saturday? I don't know. But you have got to come out against LSU with some toughness because you didn't show any of that on Saturday. None. None. Maybe you came back in the fourth quarter. Whatever. It was too late. If you showed it, it was too late. That's just how it is. Well, if that's just how it is, I mean, how can you follow that yeah. up? No, I understand what you're saying. I feel the frustration, and I understand people's frustration. I don't know how many people at the start of the season were saying, boy, you got to win that Liberty game, but I think that is a game people expected to win. Uh, There's no doubt about that. People expected to win that game. It's a better-than-average non-conference November opponent, but uh, um, it is certainly a game people expected to win, no doubt. We talked earlier in the show just about the difficulty of the opponent and comparing the quality of the Liberty team. And, Chuck, you were bringing up uh, in a couple of weeks, there's a lot of you know second-to-last games in this league that have teams like Austin P and Western Kentucky and uh, UAB. I'm just going down the list. East Tennessee State, Liberty's superior to all of oh, those teams. No question. I mean, th- this is a game when you look at – 
at where it falls in the schedule. I'm not saying Arkansas shouldn't play Liberty. I'm just saying a November game coming off an Auburn game when you're beat up a little bit, that shows you the, 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 the difficulty of, of navigating through something like this. Well, when you look back at it, and that's hard to do. I mean, I understand all that. I share, believe me, I share people's frustrations over what happened on Saturday. But when you really step back and you look at this, I mean, this was this was a game that, you know, probably some people did have circled as far as upsets go because you're bringing a team in that's 7-1 and one at the time and uh, it's the biggest game of the year for them, arguably the biggest game of their pro- you know, in their program's history. It's not that old a program. And you're playing them, you know, between conference ball games when you do have a lot of bumps and bruises. Hey, you play that way against Austin P. you win 35-10, to 10, you know, and you move on. But Liberty's better than that. And, you know, you played that way against Liberty, you got beat. I guess the fighting Jerry Falwells were just too much this mm. morning. That's what Nathan texted in from Rogers. Charlie, right. <laughs> Charlie and Gamden, what you got, man? What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Good, buddy. Uh, well, Ty, I know it's your time of the year, buddy. Basketball, Basketball baby. Yep. Oh, I thought this you were about deer season. <laughs> not deer season. What? No, no, not deer season. No, Ty's no. gonna be. He's gonna be right in there tonight. No, he's, a, uh, he's, he's more of a mallard man. He's more of a mallard blaster. Well, they did call me the antler assassin when I passed my deer. <laughs> well, they had the youth hunt over the weekend. Yeah, well, I wondered if you. Well, I, I told Tommy we could have hunted this past weekend. I could have passed as yeah. his high school. This is the weekend when dads go out and shoot the deer and then pose their kid by the picture, so everyone <laughs> will think the kid shot. I know how the game yeah. works. Well, it's your time, Ty. So you get ready, buddy. Oh, uh, you know, I know you're excited. Uh, I'll say this uh, about the game the other day. Um, you know, I get where people are coming from. Uh, my issue more than anything, it's not even KJ. You know, I, I know KJ was hurt, but, you know, and he was banged up. Chuck, you're making the right point. You know, a lot of people have got their banged up. And it's November, man. I mean, just the way it is. My issue more than anything, I. I just didn't think, and, and, and Ty, you said toughness, and I, I'm right there with you. Physically, they didn't play with any sort of toughness or physicality up front Saturday. And it's sad when you, I think, didn't they have 14 negative plays? 14 I tackles mean, for loss for Liberty. Yeah, 14 ta- ta- I mean, it's just, like, my thing is, like, if I'm going to get beat, I'm probably going to start holding somebody eventually if I'm just going to get my butt kicked and let a guy slant inside of me and not even try. There were some plays where I felt like they weren't even firing off the ball and even trying. And then Rocky gets the ball, and he gets one yard or, you know, negative yardage. I I, I just felt like there was no energy, of you know, from the offensive line, the team that, you know, the strength of this team. I mean, yeah, we say the team goes as KJ goes, but, I can make the argument the team goes as this offensive line goes. That's a good point. That's a very good point. And, Charlie, I'll say this. We appreciate your call, buddy. I asked the question before the season, can you win football games without K.J. Jefferson being great? And I think we've seen at points this season the answer is no. K.J. doesn't play really, really well. I'm not just talking about passing. I'm talking about running or passing. He's got to have one of those dynamic games. They're not going to win. And in order for them to win on Saturday – and turn this whole thing around. Because if you win Saturday, I don't know how many people are going to be talking about Liberty at the end of the season. Because LSU's going to come in here as, what, a top five, top 16? Oh, they'll still be talking about it. You win on Saturday, you change that. But we've seen this season, over and over, if KJ's not playing at what he, we perceive to be his potential, 
You're not winning the football game. Well, but also go back and look at the games where you think KJ's not playing up to his potential and look at the way the offensive line played that game. You know, it's a team game. It goes together. And um, I don't have all the stats in front of me, but my guess would be if you were to break it down, the games where we viewed KJ as subpar, um, you'd find problems at the line of scrimmage. Um, Every game has a tone that's set early on. Um, and I thought that the defense for Liberty set the tone of the ball game early on. And Arkansas was never able to impose their will physically. Now, if you want to call it toughness, whatever you want to call it, they were just never able to impose their will physically. And I thought that Liberty's defense set the tone in the first quarter for how the rest of the, get, uh, how the, rest of the day was going to go. The other thing, and I don't want people to think I'm blaming KJ for this loss. I'm not. I don't know what he's dealing with. He's hurt, though. He's gutting it out. He's trying to win you games. But we've pointed to a lot of what the coaching staff has done. Players, guys, I get it. It's not an SEC team coming in here. It's Liberty. You didn't know who they were before the season. The only reason you knew who they were is because you're on the schedule. But you're not back as a football program. You're just, you can't walk in it. You don't have enough talent on your roster to walk into a game, regardless of who it is at this point, and expect, you know what, we could play subpar and win this game. You just saw it on Saturday. You almost saw it against an FCS opponent earlier this year. And I guess Petrino and all those tentacles with it. But you are not, you cannot sleepwalk into games. That's not, the coaching staff can always say so much. Tommy can always say so much as a boss to me to get in my head to do something. At a certain point, it comes back to me following through. This team did not follow through on what they were being preached by the coaching staff all week long this week. I know we blame a lot of the coaching staff, but man, it's you got to put some of the blame on the players too. My mom would say I probably didn't listen to enough sermons <sighs> either. <though. laughs> well, I, I mean, look, I understand your frustration, but I mean, you know, I mean, what do you want? A pound of flesh? I mean, they already know that. I, I mean, everything that you're saying is right, but they know what happened, and I mean, um, you know, I mean, you can't go back and replay it. I mean, you can gripe, you can yell, you can say whatever you want to say, but you know, belabor the obvious. But, you know, you got to come back and you got to, you know, the season goes on. I understand what you're saying. I share your frustration. But, um, you know, it was a it was a total breakdown in a lot of areas Saturday. Not You know, players, coaches, everybody. And I hope we're driving at the why, not so much that's just that we're, we're pissed. You know, why did the game go that we, we talk about offensive line, but why was that a problem? I thought not just in that area of the game, guys, but special teams and both sides of the ball, the speed, the overall, there was a gap between Arkansas and Liberty. They were faster. Uh, they, they got laterally, you know, they closed up holes on Rocket numerous times where he tried he got to the edge and then there was nowhere to go we saw it on special teams plays i i thought the gap between arkansas and liberty as far as quickness they look like a team that was fresh they look like a team off a of bye chuck they they just look faster in every phase of the game well, for the majority of the contest they you know when you're a team that's undersized i mean you got to have a good first step i guess i mean i'm 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 the last one to break it down but you know you hear that term step slow and it's cliche-ish, but, you know, when you, your point's well made. I mean, when you, you know, when you go back and you watch it again, I mean, they, uh, look, they had a plan, and they executed the plan, and they were quick to the ball. Uh, defensively, they were quick to the ball, and um, they had a lot of hats there at the end of the play. I mean, it wasn't just one guy making a solo. I mean, there were a lot of guys around him. 
Yeah. So are we done with you, Freeze? Have we seen the last of him, or is he coming to the SEC? <laughs> well, he was already in the running. I've heard a lot of people say that was an audition. I don't know that that was an audition because I think he was already being highly considered. But, you know, that was a good win for him. I mean, it's a good win for their programs, a good win for Hugh Freeze personally. Um, you know, Auburn's in a spot right now where if they want to go hire him, uh, the fan base will be fully supportive of that. And, you know, uh, we've talked about how there may be a chink or two showing in Alabama's armor now. And so maybe that hire becomes more critical uh, after, you know, to the Auburn people anyway. After watching Alabama lose to LSU, maybe they think there's a point of opportunity. I don't know. But uh, Freeze is a good coach. He's always been a good coach. Mm. He just had issues at Ole Miss that, you know, they couldn't keep him. That's the bottom line. But, um, you know, winning cures a lot of things and covers up for a lot of things. And right now, Hugh Freeze is a hot commodity, and Auburn could do a lot worse. I mean, yeah. they have done a lot worse. Was it a bad loss for Deion Sanders? Does that, does that limit his opportunity? I was thinking about that, too, that maybe it opens the door a little wider for, for Hugh Freeze, but maybe closes the door a bit for, for prime time. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know that that was the direction they were going to go anyway. I still think if they can hire Lane Kiffin, they'll hire Lane Kiffin before they'll hire any of them. Well, but, Ole Miss uh, ain't hiring Hugh Freeze to fill that you know, spot. So. No, no, but they might hire Dion. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I just um, uh, Hugh Hugh Freeze is a great coach. I I don't know that Auburn was going to hire Dion. So I, I would I, I would tend to say if I was if I was placing odds, I would say that uh, Hugh Freeze and Lane Kiffin. <laughs> Would be the ones that I'd be thinking about right now. We'll see. Now. That's on the Bet Saracen app. I'll yeah, check I was going to say, well, check that here in a minute and see what the odds for the Auburn coach are. Hey, let me talk to you just for a second. In fact, I want to talk specifically to those who are either selling a home or buying a home or thinking about it. I want to recommend wholeheartedly Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. What I can tell you about is my experience. That's really all I can tell you about. And what I found was, number one, a trained professional, someone who understood the market. And I think now more than ever, that's, that's important, maybe more important than it was when I sold a house. You want someone that understands the market. You want someone that's had the best training in the business. You want someone that knows how to negotiate a price. I mean, you got all these offers coming in right and left. You want to know the best one. They've got someone that's trained to help you in that regard. You're going to find an office in Fayetteville. They've got one in Springdale. They're in Bentonville. They've got an office in Fort Smith. There's another one in Branson, Missouri. You're going to see their yellow signs all over town, and you can log on to WeikertGriffin.com. First basketball broadcast of the regular seasons tonight. You and Z back together. Uh, what kind of crowd do you expect for the opener, and what kind of game will this be? You mentioned earlier their record, and this is uh, you know a 20-plus win program. What kind of game should fans expect tonight if they go or they they get into the stream and watch it well from what i understand north dakota state's a pretty good three-point shooting team and i think that's going to be a point of emphasis mm. defensively for arkansas tonight's to depend uh, is to defend the three-point line you know i think for the razorbacks um you're going to begin to see uh, you know we're going to begin to figure out as we go along who's who's going to play meaningful minutes and who's not and um you know you look at Muss's teams and the way that um, you know, who gets the playing times generally pared down by the time you get to the first of the year. I mean, that process begins tonight. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see how well they share the ball. I'd be interested to see at the end of the ball game what the assists are in terms of uh, assists to made baskets, uh, turnovers, points off turnovers, things like that. Um, but there's a lot to be excited about. It's not going to be the finished product tonight. 
But it sure is going to be fun to watch these guys get better. I can't wait to just see what these guys look like in person. We got a chance to watch them in a few exhibition games this week, but this is the first time that I think a good chunk of fans will be inside of Bud Walton Arena tonight. What do you think on Monday night? What else is going on on Monday night in our state, Tommy? Besides, oh, in the state, yeah. No, I mean, what would not much. I mean, not much. It's Monday night. I don't think I mean, weather's not bad. I mean, it's good good weather for basketball. I think season. there'll be a decent crowd tonight. I don't, I don't think it's going to be full, but I think there'll be a good crowd tonight. And um, you know, uh, there'll be bigger crowds than normal for non conference ball games because this team's going to be so good. And I think by the time we get to the first of the year and into conference play, when the games are really meaningful, I think there will be some full houses. Uh, but I, I would expect there to be a good crowd tonight. I don't know what the number is going to be, but I think there'll be a good, good, good gathering. Uh, according to the bet, Saracen Elmkin, um, <laughs> I'd say thirteen, fifteen thousand may be there. Tonight. I don't know if there'll be that many. I think there'll be at least ten, well, twelve. Something they're giving like away. That. They're giving away for all the students out here listening. You're getting free jerseys from us. The six, I saw that. The six man. They're yeah. actually good looking jerseys. Um, yeah. They've got that. I just I, I remember Mus talking about how he wasn't too much of a fan of the not it's just hard for people to until what end of december january to really kind of put your brain in a basketball season for our state but i think a lot of people will watch i think people are going to be watching and hanging on every moment now whether or not they're going to be in the arena on monday night i don't know uh but i think there'll be a good crowd tonight i think it's going to be an enthusiastic crowd and i do think as we get into conference play later on I think there will be some full houses. Um, I think we are going to see some games where uh, they pack that place. The thing about basketball now is, and, and it's the one thing that you run into, you've got to look at those tip-off times with every game on television. I mean, so much of that stuff's dependent upon when you play. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.